0: That's blue Tune in
1: to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube.
0: Friday edition of Oilers Nation every day as always coming to you live at noon mountain time on the Nation Network YouTube. Oilers Nation on Facebook and Oilers Nation on Twitter. Are we still live on Twitter? Is Twitter still kicking? I feel like at any point in this broadcast, Twitter could go up in flames and we won't be streaming there. So just to be safe, why don't you come join us on YouTube? Hop in the YouTube chat, hammer that like button. We have a good time in that YouTube chat. Anyways, there is a lot to get to today on the show. So let's get into it all with the lead. You're probably thinking the lead should be Matthias Yanmark playing on the top line with Connor McDavid, but no, the lead today is the updated sports closet studio. Look at this bad boy. little Connor McDavid, reverse retro action. I still think there's a little bit too much orange, but there are areas of the Jersey that I like the orange. I like the the crest, I think that's nice. I like the stitching as well. Very nicely stitched. That orange is a nice nice accent on the Navy. There you go. Give you a full view of it. Shout out to Sports Closet. Sportscloset.ca. Actually, a cool little thing on this reverse retro jersey. It doesn't say Adidas on the back. Like This one says Adidas right there. This one doesn't. I think it gives it like kind of a unique look. Anyways, sportscloset.ca. You can pick up the reverse retro gear starting on Sunday in one of their three locations. It'll also be up on their website. They also have the Hockey Fights Cancer jersey. Tomorrow night is Hockey Fights Cancer Night down at Rogers Place. I'm sure everyone knows someone who's been affected by cancer. I know our guy, Surveyor Brett, his wife's battling right now. He said he's going to the game tomorrow with his son, so certainly hoping Surveyor Brett and his son have a nice night there and always wishing him the best, a diehard nation citizen. Anyways, let's get into the hockey here. The Oilers practiced ahead of their game tomorrow against the Vegas Golden Knights, and we got some new look lines that we need to talk about. Matthias Yanmark, your eyes are not deceiving you. He is up on the Oilers top line with Connor McDavid down the middle and Zach Hyman flipped over to the right side, a totally new look top line for the Oilers. The second line still has Warren Fogel on it, has Ryan Nugent Hopkins on. I think Fogel and Nugent switched. My bad. So Nugent on the left side, Fogel now on his off wing, playing the right side with dry Settle down the middle. The third line, is Ryan McLeod with the man himself, Clem Shady, playing on the left side. We didn't have a DFO jersey for him, so I just wrote Clem Shady over top of an Oilers jersey. Yes, Apul Yarvi is on the right side of that line. And the fourth line is Devin Shore with Derek Ryan and Dylan Holloway. Interesting stuff here. Matthias Janmark, maybe not my pick to head up to the top line. I'll be honest, it kind of feels like we're back in the ratty era where you know, Tyratty, Alex Chase on it, whatever bottom sixer is feeling it, is skating at a decent clip, can play on the top line with McDavid. It's kind of upsetting. Not great. Anyways, Liam, I'm going to bring you in because you had the idea yesterday of, hey, why not go with Klim Kostin on the top line with McDavid? And I kind of chuckled, but now I see Yanmark up there and I go, I think I'd rather have Klim. I think I'd rather have him Kostin
2: yeah, uh, interesting decision. I don't a hundred percent disagree with it. I think he's an NHL player at the end of the day. Yanmark yeah. is an established NHL player. He's he's capable of producing at this level. What do you have like ten goals last year? Maybe nine, whatever it was. Like yeah i think it's obviously not ideal this team is thin right now with guys like obviously kane and yamamoto not playing and also holloway not producing the way we want to along with Puyavi. like i don't disagree with trying to shake things up i think klim shady would have been great on the top line but also having those two big wingers next to ryan mcleod that's an interesting trio there too i know fogo has kind of been there but klim brings a different kind of size
0: yeah I, yeah, and actually that's a good point. I think that third line has the ability to do some damage. Moving Yessa Pugliarvi off there makes a ton of sense. It's clear it wasn't working next to Connor McDavid at the moment. He can't, he's not scoring, and you've got to score. And I think, again, we've had this conversation time and time again. It takes some pressure off Puliarvi just putting him on the third line, and opens him up to just playing his own game. He's not worried about just trying to fire McDavid pucks on net, and oh God, what's going to happen if I fumble this chance, all that. Put him on the third line. Let him thrive with Ryan McLeod. Yes, a pull Yarvey can be of value to a lineup if he is a good quality third liner who can produce a little bit of offense. The offense has got to come. We know that. But I, li- I like pull Yarvey in that spot, and I-, I agree with you. I think that third line is a really unique blend. Um, the second line, I think it's fine. I think Dreisaitl and Nuge work together okay. I think Fogel is playing okay. I don't know. It's not my favorite thing in the world. I saw a guy NHL Sid said that line should be better defensively than the previous iteration of it. Okay, sure. If that's where you want to go with that, maybe it is. Maybe it's a little bit more trusty in the D zone starts. That's fine. Um, the top line, though, that is obviously the big story. That is the dominating headline. I just don't see Yanmark as a guy who's going to produce a ton there. Like it, I, and maybe mm-hmm. it's forechecking hard and creating turnovers. Maybe he's veteran Kyler Yamamoto, right? Who just goes in forechecks hard, creates some turnovers, opens up some space for Connor McDavid, and everything works out better. Zach Hyman on that line, I actually like. I think ninety-seven and eighteen work together really, really well. Um, but I just put Holloway there. At least you have the offensive upside. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's uh, there's definitely some question marks of what's going on here. Holloway. I don't know. Like, he's had that top six opportunity and didn't really grab it. I think Yanmark, like he said on the show yesterday, like, it seemed like Yanmark and Costin were kind of the two names on the radio they were really talking about outside of the bigger guys. So maybe he just earned a spot. I don't mind seeing that from Woodcroft where a guy plays well and he gets an opportunity to play on the first line. Obviously not ideal, but he can skate well. He creates some chances. Like... The big thing of him is just getting the positions where McDavid can find you, and right now the only guy who seems to really be able to do that is Hyman. So try out Yamag; it's not been done before, so who knows?
0: Catching up in the chat here, uh, people were talking about if uh, the reverse retros only come in dry settle or McDavid, unless you get them custom. But Ryan pointed out uh, Waz got a new one, and I was at the game on uh tuesday and they did have some other players at imagine sports closet's gonna have a bunch they go on sale sunday at the sports closet uh someone was asking about dry not wearing an a on his jersey they do rotate them around you guys are right about that um joey says i'm ready for holloway to go down and yeah like that's where i'm at too we, we've talked about this a handful of times now if you're missing kyler yamamoto who we'll call him a top nine winger you're missing a top six winger in evander kane And Dylan Holloway still can't crack this team's top six. Still can't crack the top nine at all. Okay, let's be real here. What are we doing? Yesterday, we got the news that Tyler Benson is going down to Bakersfield for a conditioning stint. So he's going to get a chance to play some games. I'm double-checking when Bakersfield plays this week. Um, I think they're in action once or twice over the weekend. November 18th, yeah, they play tonight, they play tomorrow, and they play on Tuesday. I would imagine, conditioning stint, you play Benson back-to-back games, if he's down there already, play him on the 18th, play him on the 19th. If he's good to go, I think he's probably ready to join the Oilers on the road trip. So when you head out on the road trip, you go out to New Jersey as a team, Dylan Holloway goes to Bakersfield, Tyler Benson meets you in Jersey, and I think you're all good. I just... I don't know. We talked about this with Frank and all that. It it doesn't make a ton of sense to go and and keep playing this guy for eight minutes a game on the forward line. I don't think he's gaining anything from this. Yes, there's a benefit to practicing against NHLers and learning about the game. Even those eight minutes, sure, they're somewhat valuable, but it's just kind of getting out of hand at this point. It's, It's getting unnecessary at this point. Play him 18 to 20 minutes down in Bakersfield for two months. If he lights it up, call him back up. Right? It's not like he's a guy who needs waivers. It's not like baseball where you can only option a guy down to the minors four or five times or whatever. You can do this as much as you want, and you don't want to get into the habit of just yo-yoing him up and down, but send him down for at least a month. Let him play a ton of hockey and see if he can get some confidence, because I think that's a big thing with Holloway right now. I like him when he's out there. I, if they wanted to throw him on that top line tonight with McDavid, I'd be sitting here on the show talking about how much I love that and what a great opportunity it is for Holloway, but Woodcroft doesn't want to do that, so what are we doing now? It feels like maybe, and I don't, maybe I shouldn't say this, but maybe there's a disconnect here, right? Does Holland want him to stay up? Is Woodcroft doing this to be like, hey, I'm not playing him? At that point, you'd think he'd be getting healthy scratch, so maybe that's why there isn't that disconnect, but I think what else this, this kind of points out is that the Oilers need to go get a forward. Uh, Frank Servalli was on the show yesterday. I asked him about defensemen the Oilers could target, and he said, eh, forward. And then he was on with Bob Stoffer, and they were talking about the Oilers need to add some grit, some toughness to this bottom six. They brought up a name like Zach McEwen out in Philly. Maybe Philly's one of those teams that'd be itching to make a move right now. But I'm not sure how many teams are just going to be willing to make the kind of trade the Oilers want. Because Edmonton's not giving up a second or a third round pick to get the forward help they want right now. I'm sure they're more comfortable giving up a fourth or a fifth rounder. What kind of player are you going to get? Uh, On waivers today was Tyson Yost in Minnesota. And at first I was like, ah, you know, he's young. He's a local guy as well. St. Albert boy was a 10th overall pick in 2016. Left shot centerman can play the wing as well, but he doesn't score. He doesn't produce offense. Last year he had eight goals in 80 games. So he'll get you one goal every 10 games. And that's been fairly consistent with his career to this point. But he makes 2 million bucks. So you can't touch him. So that's not an option. So maybe you got to wait and pluck someone off the waiver wire, but Tyson Yost costs too much money. Because what are you going to do when Kane's healthy? If, you have, if you're if you stuck with Yost and you can only bury a million of them, you're screwing yourself cap-wise. Uh, Rusty says, Holloway just needs to get confident. Playing eight minutes a night is not the way to do it. 100%. I think you're bang on. I think everyone in the chat's kind of agreeing. Like, this is when you just put a guy down cut your losses you would love for him to be in the top six you would love for him to predict or to pop up 50 points this year but it's just not going to happen i want to get to more of this with our friend Bag milk because you know it is friday so it's time for the bro down let's go one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's
1: a t-shirt
0: until you tried it on same goes for your health care
1: It's Friday, so you know what that means? It's time for the Bro Down
2: with Bag Milk.
0: Always a good time when our boy Bag Milk stops by. How's it going, BM?
1: I'm just, I've been sitting here, admiring the mustache, ready to talk Oilers. Just really thrilled to be here on another Friday, you know?
0: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's you get into knows. what we were just talking about. Dylan Holloway. He's got to go down, right? Like you're. Send you don't him down against that.
1: Send him down. It's just mm-hmm. this isn't the spot for him to excel. And I know some people say that there's value in practicing with the NHL club, and I guess that's probably true to an extent. But you can't tell me that that is more valuable to him at this stage in his young career than playing 20 plus minutes in all situations with the Bakersfield Condors. He is going to play on the fourth line tomorrow night against Vegas. Is that really where you want him? No, it's not. You want a guy like I heard you talk about Tyler Benson, and I'm, I'd be stunned if the plan isn't for him to go down to Bakersfield, get his legs up and under him, come back up, and then flip the two. I'd be stunned because he's just such a better fit for that role right now. The role of playing on the fourth line under 10 minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, whatever it is. That's not where Holloway should be. He should be down playing with Borgo, developing some chemistry, working on his craft, working on how to be a pro. This is a guy that's got, you know, what? 40 ish total pro games under his belt he's still young. This isn't the spot for him. There's too many expectations for the Edmonton Oilers. When he makes a mistake, he gets stapled to the bench. And I don't think that's what he needs right now. Let him go make the mistakes down in Bakersfield where he can work through them, where he can work on the craft of being a professional hockey player. That's what's best for him long-term and arguably probably better for the Oilers in the short-term as well
0: top six Matthias yanmark top line Matthias yanmark <laughs> on a scale of one to ten how confident are you that this experiment's gonna work
1: uh well not great i honestly though i'm not surprised that they put somebody up there with connor and, and zach hyman um i'm really not i think that i was honestly exp- i kind of liked liam's idea of putting klim coston up there he's big he's got a little bit of touch he can skate i don't know but like at the same point Janmark is a guy who has scored 18 NHL goals in a season before. He is a guy who has contributed at the NHL level. Is he first line player? No, he's not. He's really not. But the Oilers need to find some depth scoring. He's a veteran. He is unquestionably an NHL player. And maybe he could be smart enough to keep his stick on the ice and tap in some Connor McDavid passes. I don't know. We're going to see how this goes tomorrow. But I also wouldn't be surprised in the slightest to see Nugent Hopkins back up on that spot in a real hurry if that doesn't work.
0: It feels like I tweeted this. We're back in the Tyratty era where we're like, ah, you know, this guy goes to the net. He moves okay. He's got okay hands. Maybe this works. And it's wildly depressing that in a year that started with Stanley Cup aspirations, and I suppose those still exist. It's game, what, 17, 18? And we're like, all right, top six Yanmark, let's go. Well,
1: it just shows like how painful the Evander Kane loss is. And it's it's every team deals with injuries, but losing a guy that you had undoubtedly pencil like written in pen. As your first line winger alongside Connor McDavid, losing him for that long. Man, that one's painful because no matter what Woodcroft tries, no matter who he puts in that spot, none of them are a Vander Kane. So we'll see how this goes. I'm hoping Yanmark surprises us. Maybe he does. Like at the same point, Tyler, would it really surprise you tomorrow if he sinks two goals? It wouldn't surprise me at all. Sometimes these things are just weird in a short term vacuum. We'll see what happens. I, how confident am I at a 10? four that's not very confident but we'll see what happens
0: we'll see where it goes i'm checking in on the youtube chat if you're watching on youtube do us a solid hammer that like button for us let's get the likes up we're only at four right now we need more than that uh i want to talk to you about potential additions on this team uh yesterday frank serve was on i asked him about defensemen and he responded with forwards, a center and maybe some toughness in the bottom six as well, getting more players who are tough to play against in the chat right now. Rusty says, I don't know who we could add. That's the problem. I think the answer is in-house. They have to step up and get it done. He's saying it's an effort thing. If everyone worked as hard as a guy like Zach Hyman, the Oilers wouldn't need to add team toughness. They wouldn't add to add anyone because this team would just be better. Uh, Riley says, Bob Stoffer and company are beating the drum for team toughness, but reducing goals against is still by far the biggest issue we're facing. We need a D so bad. Where do you come out on this?
1: Do you ever notice how team toughness doesn't matter when the Oilers are winning? Do you ever notice that? It's like they lost. They had a game against LA where it got a little bit rough and tumble. Connor McDavid took that dirty, dirty knee from Alex Edler. So now we're talking about team toughness again. But let me tell you, if the Oilers had won that game 5-1, nobody would care. Defense is a bigger problem. I love Frank Saravalli. I love chatting to him. The guy is a wealth of knowledge, but man, Defense is a way bigger problem than some guy who can chuck the knuckles around. You need to keep the puck out of the net, and the Oilers just aren't doing a good enough job of that right now.
0: And where I'll go with this too is, I agree the Oilers can maybe add someone that makes them tougher to play against, but they don't need to go find a Nick Delorier or or just someone who throws their fists around and drops the gloves. Like, that's not the idea of team toughness. And it kind of strikes me because you're right. It's never an issue when they're winning. No one's ever like, oh, this team doesn't have anyone who can fight when they rattle off six wins in a row. And it's a bit of a, I don't want to call it like a full-on lazy narrative, but it's one of those things where it's just an easy straw to grasp at. Like, oh, they're losing? Why are they losing? Oh, because they're not tough enough. And it's, well, I agree, they could be harder to play against, and maybe to rusty's point it's going to take some guys learning to play a tougher style but i don't think they need to go find someone who's going to drop the gloves because if they had a guy on their roster who could fight they would still be nine and eight
1: how many games did the others win when steve mcintyre was on the team because there was nobody better at fighting than him for a time and yeah. it didn't do anything if the guy who you're bringing in to fight or be the tough guy or whatever it is that you want to call. It. If he can't play, if he can't contribute on the ice, then there's no point in having that person in the roster. You know what? There is a point in eliminating goals against, and right now they're just not doing a good enough job of that. The defense needs an upgrade. I will take a defensive upgrade over a, a tough dude. Like, if you give me the example, Tyler, of bringing Zach Cassian back right now, like. Forget what the trade would look like. Just bring Zach Cassian back right now or a defense that can bolster the right side, a shutdown guy who maybe is a little bit physical, but just genuinely stops the puck from going in the net. I'm taking defense every single time. Every time.
0: You just put a very interesting idea in my head. Go ahead. Zach Cassian. What's his deal here? I'm, I'm just pulling it up, double check. So Tony, he is. Good start don't <laughs> even start with it. it's just mil. not
1: going to happen. It's <laughs> Two just more not going to happen. <laughs> Arizona's going to re- retain 50.
0: Maybe. Would you it's would you have any happen. interest in him at 1.6 mil? Sure. Yes. I would. I would. Yeah. Yep. That's just where I was going is like at 1.6 he's interesting, but I still don't think uh I still don't think that's going to happen. Um right. No, it's not yeah, going to happen. But like it's an
1: interesting if you idea. got the option to bring in, it is, but if you got the option to bring in $1.6 million defender, like let's just talk apples to apples in terms of dollars, yeah. you take the defender every time, every time.
0: What if you could get a third team involved in Cassian's only 800 800- dollars <laughs> get,
1: get after it. Okay, then I'm, I'm in. I'm in. eight hundred k. let us do it.
0: Uh, Rusty says Cassian was actually scratched against Vegas last night, which is interesting. Um, I if we you're were just talking about on Arizona. Since-
1: if you're sure, scratched on Arizona, like what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Even at 800k, come on.
0: Something tells me Cass might have you know the plane might have landed in Arizona when he got traded there, and he looked around at the warm air and was like. Yeah, this is gonna be a great spot to make 3.2 million for the next two years. No more big market pressure and all that, which is good. I mean, he's earned that, he signed the ticket. Um, You were talking about the narrative of team toughness. And you're right, if the Oilers rattle off five straight wins, we will not be whispering about team toughness. And it reminds me of, remember the first few years of McDavid and Dreisaitl, where it was like, you know, they're not good enough defensively for this team to go uh, to go all the way. They'll never go on a deep playoff run until McDavid and Dreisaitl get better defensively. Then they went on a deep playoff run, not because McDavid and Dreisaitl got better defensively at all, just because they got better at producing offense and better at scoring. And that narrative just quickly, whoop, died. Died off. It was wrong. It was wrong the whole time, but it just died off because the team's success started to cloud it. And the team toughness thing is in that same angle for me where it's like, you know, once they start winning, we're not going to be talking about this, but we will still be talking about the defense, in my opinion.
1: We were talking about team toughness last year when the Oilers were two eleven and 2 And then guess what happened? They did not add any more team toughness and the team went to the Western Conference Finals. It's just like... Yeah, you don't you don't want to be easy to play against. You don't want to be pushovers. All that's true. I'm I'm in on it. I love a good scrap as much as the next person. But you know what I love even more than a good scrap, goals. You know what I love even more than goals, wins. And that's ultimately what matters. And this isn't this isn't a spot where I think the others really need to focus on defense, 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 defense.
0: Is uh, today going to be the last time this show is live on Twitter?
1: No. No, it's not. I think it's actually hilarious. 100%. If you think Elon Musk legitimately spent $44 billion to allow Twitter to collapse and go away within six weeks, you're out of your mind. It's not happening. You know what this is, Tyler? This has got big, if Trump wins, I'm moving to Canada vibes. And (laughs) nobody moved to Canada, buddy. Nobody's here.
0: Uh... I just, yeah, the whole thing of like, if this is going to be my last tweet and then sitting here this morning and seeing them all from last night, it was like, oh man, it was like uh, someone compared it to the, it's the 2022 version of Y2K.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. Like I was having fun with it last night, but like mine were just completely ridiculous. Like I'm calling people to go back to MySpace and ICQ. Like it's, it's silly. All the, and then all the folks that said they're quitting Twitter, if Elon joined, well, you've got followers on Twitter and you have them nowhere else. You need that little dopamine rush. Nobody's quitting anything. Elon's not letting Twitter die. Just relax
0: uh you on better late than never for the people watching who don't know bag milk has its own podcast better late than never late spelled l-a-i-t like milk get it um get it you had a question on your pod the other day about weird snacks or something give me some of the best responses
1: there was just some really weird ones like one that sticks in my mind off the top my head was rice soy sauce and chopped up pickles um, that was just gross to me. There was uh, like just liverwurst, like sliced up, like uh put it on a cracker at least. There's just there's just some really weird ones. And that's why I always love asking those kind of questions on Better Light Than Ever, because we're all just weirdos out here at the end of the day. And I love it, and that's what that podcast is all about, just interacting with Oilers Nation citizens and just having a good time. It's a fun podcast to do and having answers like that. Like like our our girl Kylie rice with ketchup on it nobody That's does that up. it's gross yeah it's, so it's gross. weird and gross so it's just that kind of stuff that comes through and i love it i can't get enough of it i'm always going to be interested in the weird shit people eat um old cheddar with sour cream and barbecue sauce came through like what oh. are you talking about <laughs> like what are you That's talking bad. about sardines up. on buttered sardines on buttered toast like no thank you <laughs> no thank you at all how's this one tyler craft dinner but i add in pepper ketchup salsa wieners and ham like what <laughs> what kind of high shit are you building at your house so that's what we've got going on in <laughs> my podcast it's silly it's nonsense it's light and it's fun
0: really brings my veggie take into perspective doesn't it
1: yeah all of a sudden it's not so weird yeah all right. not so weird. Uh, we Fried got a new up episode of- with some butter and garlic
0: mm. We, uh, we have a new episode of Oilers Nation Radio dropping this afternoon, so people can look for that. I'll let you out with you then. Thanks for hopping on, BM. Talk to you in a little bit. Bag milk for the bro down. As always, a good, good time. Uh, let's get to the wrap for today's episode. The captain, Ryan Felton, asking when the next watch along will be. That is a uh, that is a good question. Let's workshop this thing. Uh, coming up, it's a road trip through the East, which I think are the best ones to do watch-alongs for. I'll be honest, I probably won't do one Monday against Jersey. Wednesday Islanders 5.30 is actually a really interesting one. If not that, maybe the 7.30 the following Wednesday against Chicago. So if people want to... Uh, if people want to watch along, one of the next two Wednesdays, I think, is when uh, when we'll maybe try crush out one more of those. Uh, this not this Saturday, but the set next Saturday, eleven a.m. Oilers Rangers. We are going to be doing this show, Oilers Nation, every day live from Soho. It's our brunch for Ben party. You can get your tickets now, NationGear.ca. We got some cool shirts that you get along with your tickets as well. Uh, Really good stuff. Nationgear.ca, we got that. And we also have our latest AMA Travel Nation vacation. We are going out to Toronto. So all the details are there. Lease, Oilers, Saturday night, we're sitting in a gondola box. Oh, it's going to be sick. We're in a suite, sorry, a gondola suite. And it comes with food too. There's like a buffet in there. It's going to be awesome. Uh, But anyways, before that, nationgear.ca, Saturday, 11 o'clock, brunch for Ben at Soho. Reed asked, Tyler, you got any curling tips for me just started this year? Well, I'm not that good, so there's that. Um, my biggest tip for curling, if you're just looking to have some fun, is make sure you have a jug of beer down on the ice with you, and that makes it infinitely more enjoyable. And learn to throw good guards. You can throw good guards and not and just get it past the hog line. I think you'll you'll be able to survive. Um, I don't even do that that often and I'm able to survive. Uh, what else going on in the chat here? Jackson, Tyler, can you make veggies on the live stream? Get a little like hot stove right here. You guys want to see me eat lunch? Tyler eats, uh, let's bring in Liam here. Let's get to our betting for our friends at Betway. Liam, how it's a load of shit that, uh, there's only one game on a Friday night in the NHL.
2: (laughs) And what a game we have. The Vancouver Canucks versus the LA Kings. I know everyone here wants to see that. I know everyone in the world wants to see that. That's why it's the only game on in the NHL tonight. I have two picks. Obviously, you can parlay them if you want. I'm going to go with the LA Kings to win in regulation. I thought that was a bit juicy, plus 145. And then I also went with Brock Besser's shot prop, which was minus 125. Uh, over two and a half. He missed it last game, but he hit it like three or four in a row before that. There wasn't a ton I liked, but those are the two I went for.
0: Uh, Bo Horvat shot prop for me. Sitting at two and a half, paying mm. like minus 170. I think it's a good enough spot. He crushes it pretty consistently. So if you want a little free money on a Friday night, go with that. Uh, NFL picks for the week. I'm up three units on the season, wagering on the National Football League. Atlanta, Chicago, over 49 is a spot I really like. It's in Atlanta in a dome. I think that could be an absolute shootout between those two offenses. Eagles, Bengals, money line Parlay. I think the Eagles are getting undervalued. I even like them straight up at minus seven. They're coming off a loss, their first loss of the season, but I think it's a great bounce back spot against India. It's one of those instances where you have a team who didn't cover, a favorite who didn't cover against an underdog who did cover their last time, and those two meeting up take the over, even with the points. But Eagles, Bengals, money line Parlay, Stephon Diggs over 79 and a half receiving yards is the other play.
2: Are you disappointed we won't see the Buffalo Bills try and play in that snow? It's like so, playing in okay, the people- North Pole right now.
0: Yeah. So if people haven't heard about this, Bills Browns this weekend in Buffalo, Buffalo is about to go through like one of the worst snowstorms or most extreme snowstorms. I think the U S has ever seen. It's up there four to six feet of snow. The entire, like in Edmonton, we usually don't get four to six feet in the whole winter. I heard Josh Claus and our, uh, the local weather guy talking about that. Like they are getting a whole year's worth of Edmonton snow in the matter of two days. So they've moved the game to Detroit. They're not playing it in Buffalo. But if you have a set, go find the Bills on Instagram and look at some of the pictures of the stadium. It is jarring. It's wild.
2: It is crazy. Von Miller put up a picture on his Instagram too. I think his story of his car. And you just can't see the car. It's just snow around the car. Um, I guess a couple of pics I have. I had the Minnesota Vikings plus one and a half at home against Dallas. On the spread, I feel like that's a pretty good spot. Minnesota is, what are they, 7-1, and 8-1, and one, whatever it is? Yeah, They're a very good football up team up. either way. Yeah, and then I also like the Commanders to beat Houston minus three and a half. Uh, minus three on the spread, sorry. Uh, minus 110 is what I was trying to say. And then, since it's coming up, I'll just drop a little World Cup pick. May as well, if we're oh. here. I'm going to go with... So Qatar and Ecuador opens up the tournament on Sunday. So that's not exactly a thriller, but I'm just going to bet that both teams score, which is coming in at plus 110. A little juice there. May as well chase it, see what happens.
0: So you're not buying the reports that Qatar has paid off uh, Ecuador and they're going to win the game exactly 1-0? I
2: am buying the reports that they have tried to pay off Ecuador. I'm not buying the reports that Ecuador has agreed to be paid off. So I think if we want, if you want to chase it even more, Ecuador's plus one forty, or if you believe the rumors, Qatar is plus two twenty. So there you go.
0: Look what I picked up at the sports closet today. I'm so going all goodies. in. I'm going all in on the World Cup. We got a little Canada lid. Oh, black Canada lid. Wow. Pretty sharp. You can find this Price is Right style. Uh, retails at thirty six dollars. <laughs> and I also got this bad boy.
2: Oh, a sweater. little hoodie? That's a good That's one. pretty That's nice, one. hey? Yeah, that'll, that'll be good. I'll bring out the mustache.
0: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> anyway, sportscloset.ca for all your World Cup needs. Load up, get your Oilers reverse retro gear. Um, Sports Closet's going to have a bunch of like the Adidas logo to reverse retro like hoodies and stuff too. Um, and then you can get your World Cup gear while you're there as well. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to become a big soccer guy over the next few weeks. Also, if you want some soccer content, Liam, up at oilersnation.com, you have like a beginner or a hockey fan's guide to the World Cup coming up. Take us through that.
2: Yeah, so it's a little three-part series. So there's uh, the first part came out yesterday, which was just about like how Canada got to the World Cup and the journey they went on to get there. And then the today, at some point, there'll be one about who they play at the World Cup. And then over the yeah. weekend, we'll release another one about who's on the team for Canada. Like, obviously, there's a lot of names that people probably know, like Alfonso Davies, who's from Edmonton, but he's a very talented team. So I just wanted to show people who they're going to be cheering for at the World Cup, and hopefully Canada can make some noise. Not as much noise as England will hopefully make, but just enough to, to do well enough.
0: <laughs> what's the What's the English uh, World Cup saying? It's coming I mean, home. It's coming it's home. It's coming home. I, I'm telling you, I don't know very much about the sport, Got a funky feeling it's not coming home. Uh, okay, we're going to wrap <laughs> this up with a little bit more Oilers talk quickly here. Uh, uh, Clem Costin spoke to the media today. And you know what? He might be becoming a fan favorite. I don't know if you saw his Instagram story the other day where he talked about how much he loved the atmosphere in the crowd. And then today he spoke with reporters and he said, quote, I'm just always trying to do my best. Goddamn. Isn't that relatable?
2: <laughs> what what more can you ask for that's all we need that's all we ask is all right. fans give us right. an effort show us that you care all
0: right we are going to wrap this bad boy up shout out to our friends at the sports closet once again sportscloset.c a shout out to everyone who followed along in the youtube chat as well tomorrow it is a sherwood ford giant game day edition of the show oilers versus knights it's a big one You won't want to miss it. We'll be live right back here on the Nation Network YouTube. We'll chat with you then. Enjoy your Friday night, Oilers fans.